gentlemen, against all odds, quite literally against all odds that 2020 has tried mm-hmm. to throw at Sony and Microsoft. Uh, the consoles are now here. There is a mixture in this show of what we have uh, from the top. Mm. Um, we all have Xbox Series S's. Yes. And Federico does not have a PlayStation 5, but me and Shahid yeah, do. Because Federico's decided he's Team Green now. Xbox all the way. We, he is <laughs> no. Master Chief through and through. Right? That is well, that is partially true, but that's not why I did not get a PlayStation 5. I think his uh, his mate failed to deliver. You know, the one who always delivers the stuff. Well, I guess that is what happened, mm-hmm. right? I assume that your video game store owner friend failed you. <laughs> yes, he failed me. <laughs> Big time. After 25 years, it was bound to happen eventually, I guess. Now, look, while I want, obviously want you, you know, I love you so dearly and I want you to have everything you want in the world. I am kind of happy that for once this guy didn't pull through and get you the console like a week before everybody else. I feel like you're finally getting your just desserts on this one. I know, I know. And this is what happens when you talk about these things in public. Mm -hmm. Eventually, karma gets to you. If you remember three years ago, I had a Nintendo Switch five days before. it's it's official, you know. The the guy likes to to break the street date. As and that's they call probably it. why oh, he I has remember. no PlayStation fives to give out. Because y- yeah, he's Although a big street He's been posting guy. pictures on his Instagram. He has a, an account for the store. Uh, I saw quite a few people in there with a PlayStation five box. Not you. But look, he told me I'm gonna. He told he was very honest. I gotta say he was very honest, and he told me, look, I'm gonna get like ten or twelve PS five units at launch. And unfortunately, you called me too late, and there's yeah, people ahead of you, and I'm, go- which is fair, uh-huh. you know. And you so it's, it was my bad, you know. I didn't. Re- we talked about this. I didn't really follow the whole next gen discussion this summer, especially mm-hmm. in September, because mm-hmm. I was so busy with the review, and uh, yes, so I was late. Yeah, you kind of let it go, which makes sense why that would happen. But I can see why you kind of yeah. let that go. Um. So actually, I think because you don't have a PlayStation, you do have an Xbox, I feel like maybe we should start by talking about the Xbox. And I'll cede the floor to you, Federico, because I also do expect that out of the three of us, you've probably played on your Xbox more. So do you want to yeah. give give us your impressions of the Xbox Series S? Sure. So obviously the first impression is essentially what everybody is saying, how compact and and small the console is. And it it really is surprising how it feels like a a slightly bigger Nintendo Wii to an extent. Like I really love the design, super elegant, super polished, and I can grab it with one hand. Uh, It really surprised me just how small and compact it is. The reason why I went for the Series S um, is twofold, I guess. One... I couldn't, even if I wanted to, I couldn't get the Series X on Amazon or via my guy because they were sold out. But the second and I think a more important reason is I figured that I wanted to play with with something that was next gen, but I preferred to like make the PS5 my quote-unquote real next gen console and then have an Xbox Series S on the side as another 
but you know, more affordable and not as my primary next-gen console. My idea was I'm going to get a PS5, it's going to be this huge, big console with all the games I want, and then on the side, if I want to play Xbox games, I figured I don't need to go for the Series X, I can just get the cheaper Series S, and that's going to be fine. Now, um, I got to tell you that I'm absolutely loving this console. Um, Part of the reason... I think it's what I just said, how I didn't really pay attention to the to to what was coming with this new generation of consoles. And so I'm being surprised every day by things that I guess a lot of people have known for a few months, and I'm just discovering them now. And also, I'm having a lot of fun with Game Pass. Uh, and I wasn't expecting this to be to be the case. So I kind of want to talk about two on two different fronts. The um current generation games, like actual games that I've purchased from the Microsoft Store, and stuff that I'm playing with Game Pass. I guess I want to start with the with the, with the the new games. Yeah, so okay. uh, I, I've bought Assassin's Creed Valhalla um, for the Series S. And I played for a few hours, and I'm having the same problem that I think I'm have, I have in general with all Ubisoft games, and Really, most open-world games, except Zelda Breath of the Wild, it kind of feels like the same as always. Like, it, all of these games to me, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla and previously Odyssey and Origins, as well as things like, uh, what's it called on PlayStation? Horizon? Um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, they kind of all blend together in my mind and they kind of all feel like the same game. And I'm, you know, some people on Twitter make fun of this genre. They call it Ubisoft Open World Simulator <laughs> because all of that, these games are kind of similar oh to each other. Oh my gosh, that's kind of perfect. <laughs> like, oh, what are you playing? You know, just the next Ubisoft. Yeah, and look, that that's not totally wrong, right? Look, they are amazing, but if you they do are. this game every a, a version of this game every single mm. year. Uh huh. They are going to start to feel <laughs> similar, right? It's like there's only been five Grand Theft Auto games, you know. Mm-hmm. Do they do an Assassin's Creed every year, or is it every two years? No, they do it every year. Whatever it is, it's more frequent than than their competitors, right? I feel like, but but sure. Yeah, I think it's like Call of Duty at this point. It's like there's one every year, basically. True. True. Um, and I know I don't know Valhalla like the, the the beginning of the game like the story uh, the the intro session I guess really beautifully done like I it had me on the edge of my seat like the uh, the you know the, the there's this massacre uh, happening in this uh, uh, Viking village at the beginning and you're a, you're a child and you need to escape it's really well done but then when you get into the actual game. Um, I don't know it just kind of feels like an, like every other open world game that I've played in the last five years with the exception of Zelda Breath of the Wild and I can tell you that based on this I'm already kind of dreading what I will feel when I will eventually because I want to I want to try Cyberpunk which is coming out in a few weeks I'm excited about this game but also Mm. like like trepidatious about Mm. it I have a real yeah. sharp fall off of these types of games. You know, like I enjoy them and then all of a sudden one day decide to stop playing them. 
you know? Yes. And I, yes. And, I, and I feel like that it might be a similar. Shay, do you have any interest in cyberpunk? I remember the announcement and I think it was, God knows how long it was. It was a long time ago, but yeah. it was a game I was looking forward to the most mm. after the announcement. And it's been so long now that the initial excitement has worn off, but I'll still get it. I'll get it for the PS5. And I hope that the extra time that they've taken over it has translated to um, a more smooth experience and one that's less lumpy. Because the problem with making games this big and this all-encompassing is it's so hard to keep players engaged for a long period of time because the number of options given the game size increases exponentially. Mm -hmm. And so just playtesting the thing is an absolute nightmare. And you know that as soon as the game hits the wild, you lose all control over perception. There's going to be a bunch of people who either love it or hate it, and there's nothing you can do about it. And hopefully there's enough in there and you've done enough balancing and um, the initial experience is strong enough that you're able to respond to any weaknesses quickly and and make changes. But that in itself is a problem with modern games, isn't it? You you end up with no canonical version of any game because they're all updated so quickly. And so you have stories about games being developed forever and ever and ever, and they go through these arcs. And I, I just kind of get tired of that, yeah. the whole process. And I know some listeners are thinking, you mean like No Man's Sky? Yeah, like No Man's Sky. But like, so many games of the era, so many games of the last 10 years, by the time I've waited it out to see if a game's genuinely worth an investment of, what, upwards of 20, 30, 40, 50 or more hours, something else has come along or the generation has moved on. Yeah. That's my concern. I will get Cyberpunk. Don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to it. And I will get it on the PS5. That's the other thing. Uh, sorry, um, Federica, I know that you're talking about the S, but one of the things I've noticed is I was about to buy a game for the S, and I thought, hmm, if it's good, I want it on the PS5. That's yep. the only downside yep. of having chosen the S over the X, I think. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe playing Assassin's Creed that made me realize how I maybe need to accept that I prefer more constrained isn't a good word, but more curated experiences maybe, again, with the exception of Breath of the Wild, which... I also want to make an exception for Spider-Man too. Well, is that really open world though? Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it's a mm. smaller world than all of the planet that Assassin's Creed seemed to occupy. But it, right. you are, it is an open world. Um, you have all of New York to play with and you, and you can do things in whatever order you want. Like the game doesn't push you through mm. but i feel like that it has a very good the story see this is kind of like the inverse to breath of the wild really where breath of the wild you just wanted to explore it all and it was what it was and and i think breath of the wild's hook is in the fact that everything's so empty in a way that actually helps yeah. it i don't i don't know why i feel that way but i do um, but Spider-Man is like the story was so good that you want to move through where, you mm -hmm. know, we've, we've said this before, Breath of the Wild's only weak point is that the story is kind of non-existent. 
Um, yeah. It doesn't really have one. You just play it to move through the game in the whatever order you want, which is its yeah. kind of one of its big benefits. But yeah, but with Spider-Man, like I find the instor- the story is really engaging and I want to know what happens next, which actually reminds yeah. me of the Grand Theft Auto games as well, where it's like you have this massive uh, game ahead of you, but I always want to do the next missions to see what they have next for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I guess really it also comes down to the to the flow of the game, how it keeps you going. And I think Spider-Man is a really good example because it like there's there's lots of things to do, but there's a rhythm to the game, there's a flow to the game that I just I do not see in similar in other open world games. I had the same problem with Red Dead Red Dead Redemption 2 last year. I fell off that game maybe harder than yeah. I've fallen off any game in the last 5 years. I, it was just I played it for like 2 days and I was like I don't. I cannot tell you why. <laughs> Actually, no. I think I can't. It's too complicated. Yeah, it was too complicated yeah. for me. Where it was like there are all these different mechanics, and it's like you got to yep. go back to the base, and then you got to choose the weapons, and like it was just all too. There was too much stuff to have to think about. It's too much. Yeah. They're, they're filling these games with content and yeah. skill trees and side quests. I don't know. I just want something. You know, let me pick up and play. <laughs> no content for old men. But yes, we're old. We're older now. Yeah. And one of the we're things, old. I think the three of us, I think it's one of the things that joins us together is like, we all know we have limited time to play. We want Absolutely. a curated yes. experience that we can get through if we want to with the occasional game which sidesteps that. So mm-hmm. a Breath of the Wild offered me like an Animal Crossing, like that there are games that you can have outside of that. But most of these AAA blockbuster games, I want to experience a curated experience, which is why Uncharted 4 is one of my favorite games ever made. Like Naughty Dog, yet they get it. They get this. They give you these incredibly huge worlds, but they are they may as well be linear, right? Like they seem like yeah. they're massive, but really they are moving you forward through a path that they have drawn. But they trick yes. you in making you think like you have an agency in this. Yes. Yeah, they're, yes. they're yes. brilliant at doing that. Yeah. I mean, as for these other games, you know what it's like? It's like this game is asking you to pay for a wedding at your first date. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> it's like, commit to me. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Not just commit, but commit for a long for a, time. Yeah. yeah, give up all of your other plans because it's just me and you, baby. Uh, <laughs> anyway, getting back to the Xbox. Yeah, let me tell you about the things that I'm loving. Um, yep. So, obviously, I knew this was going to happen. I'm absolutely loving the backwards uh, compatibility uh, feature that Microsoft has for the Xbox Series S. So basically, you can purchase any original Xbox, Xbox 360, and Xbox One game and play it on the Series S and the Series X. And those games are going to be enhanced on the new consoles. So it, it's really wild. So on the, on the Series X, uh, all games will be automatically upscaled. If they're not running a native 4K, they will be upscaled to 4K. Um, on the Series S, it's limited to 1440p. So I've been playing things like uh, Panzer Dragon Order at 1440p, 
60 frames per second. And some of these games, I believe Panzer has auto HDR, which is this new feature, this wild feature that is part of the, I guess it's called the micro, the Xbox Velocity um, technology, that uh, this automatic upscale and automatic HDR based on machine learning and other wild stuff that Microsoft is doing. These old games, they look beautiful. Like um, I've been playing with games that came out something like 19 years ago. And they look amazing on my 4K TV. And they run at 60 frames per second. And yeah, something like Panzer is incredible. Um, I've also been playing some other games that, however, they showed me how the problem isn't necessarily emulating those games. The problem is how those games have aged over the years. And so I've been trying to play the original Ninja Gaiden, for example, as well as SSX3 the snowboarding game by Electronic Arts. Why would you not choose SSX Tricky, one of the greatest games ever made? Oh, is Tricky better better than 3? Oh, yes. Without a doubt. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to try Tricky then. Yeah. Um, it's Have you never played SSX Tricky? No, I don't think so. Oh, what a game, man. That's what you need. Trust me. I only remember the SSX3. Um yeah, tricky. Two thousand one. Um, yeah, okay. Because I didn't really like uh, SSX three. Um, in that it, like you, you start up the game and it looks it looks amazing on the Xbox Series S, right? They do the yeah. automatic upscale, sixty frames, auto HDR, looks fantastic. The graphics they're super super crisp. But the only thing that gets does not get upscaled is things like the the menus and some graphics uh, in the interface. But the game basically doesn't tell you anything. Uh, it's like, here you go. Here's a mountain for you. Figure it out. Yes. I have no idea if Tricky will still, is, is supported, right? Like it's a 2001 original Xbox game. But Tricky is a lot of fun. Okay. So, so I'm going to try Tricky. Then I tried Ninja Gaiden. And again, it looks fantastic. However, it's a game from 20 years ago, almost. And 20 years ago, video games were different in that some action games, such as this one, were really unforgiving. And uh, there were no... Th- no fe- like Something like autosave didn't exist. And so I played for like 40 minutes. I was in the first mission. And then I died. And I figured, oh, I guess there's going to be a checkpoint or there's going to be autosave. It's going to take me back to the, you know, to the room before this one, maybe. But no. I was back at the beginning of the game and I had to watch the introduction again. It's like, oh, I remember when I was a kid playing these games and and cursing at the console. And and that was fine because I was 14 and now I'm 32 and I don't have time for this anymore. Like, these games, they look amazing. uh, And I really, it's really fascinating what Microsoft is doing with backwards compatibility. However, the problem sometimes is that is the game design, right? It's not mm. necessarily the quality of the emulation. is an It's the experience from 20 years ago. Does it hold That's up? That's the problem. It does really, exactly. With the sort of, with the, with the, with the quality of life features that we're now used to. So I'm going to check out Tricky and I have a list of other games that I want to, that I want to at least try, right? Because you can buy these games for like nine euros from the Microsoft marketplace. I want to try Tricky. I want to try, uh, mm, Beyond Good and Evil, which is a Ubisoft game from many, many years ago. And I also want to try the original Psychonauts. Um, 
see what it looks like in emulation. Now, uh, two more games that I'm absolutely loving, and now we get to the good stuff. Dirt 5. This is an arcade racing game that is available on the Xbox Series, SNX, and the PS5. Uh, made by Codemasters, I believe, made in the UK. They are the company that just got bought by Take-Two for just shy of a billion dollars, I think. There you go. This game is incredible. Really? It's super fun. It's okay. so much fun. I've been meaning to try it out, uh, and I'm pleased that you like it, because I know that you're not like a hardcore racing no, person. no. I'm not. I tried Forza last year and I played for a couple of days and then mm -hmm. it was kind of, it just felt kind of boring. Mm -hmm. This game is the kind of curated curated experience that I want because it looks fantastic. Uh HDR, uh 4040p, 60 frames. The sense of speed is incredible. But also it, it's an arcade racing game and it's organized in missions and you can just do one mission and then you're done you're done and then if you want you can continue your career you can do the next one but it's like it keeps you going you know race after race after race and the thing is it's beautiful you have all these different uh, tracks all around the world there's one in Italy there's one in China uh, there's a bunch in America uh, it, it looks really well it, lo it looks beautiful and the thing is they have dynamic um, weather conditions and times of the day. As you're racing, you can go from like direct sunlight to a thunderstorm in the middle mm. of the race. And you have, of course, ray tracing and uh, all these beautiful particle effects with like water and, and mud and leaves. There's a track in, in South Africa, I believe, and you run with a, with a quad in a forest. It looks so much, it's so much fun. And the controls are super tight, right? It's just super intuitive. You don't need, you don't have to be a, a race simulator expert to pick it up and play. It's a lot of fun. And it's arcade, really great demo of the of the new console. And the other game that I've been playing quite obsessively, actually, um, it's it's a Halo. <laughs> I, I have I am twenty years late to this, I suppose, and I'm here to tell you <gasps> that Halo is an amazing video game. <laughs> Wait, what? No way. <laughs> Yes, so uh, Halo Master Chief Collection. This is a collection of a bunch of Halo games that have come out over the years, from the first one, Halo Combat Evolved, up until Halo 4. And it includes some of the spin-offs like Halo Reach, Halo 3 ODST, all these other additional games in the series. The game was announced for the Series X and the Series S last week, uh, and so you can run it uh, if you have a compatible monitor which I do not you can run it at 120 frames per second or you can run it at 60 frames per second and uh, there's support for um, split screen mode if you want to do multiplayer all that kind of stuff um, it looks fantastic right uh, on, the, on, the, on the Series S Runs for uh, I think this one if you want to play there's one limitation with the Series S in that one of the new features of, of the collection is you you have a customizable um, field of view uh, in in these games and there's a slider you can say I want to have the default field of view or I want to have a bigger field of view and if you enable the bigger field of view which means you see more 
<laughs> on screen, um, you're limited to 1080p 60 frames per second, uh, which is fine. The game runs absolutely fine and smoothly. Um, so yeah, I've been playing Halo Combat Evolved, the first one in the series. Uh, this this is based on the Halo Anniversary remake that came out uh, a few years ago, and it's been remastered and upscaled for the Series X and the Series S. I will also say that I have installed this game on the Xbox expansion card, which I have purchased because of one of the limitations that I was running into with the Series S in just, you know, I went on a, on a bit of a downloading spree on the marketplace and I quickly filled up my internal capacity of the Xbox Series right. S. Right. Especially game, with Game Pass, you can do that quite quickly yeah. because you, yes. you, you don't have to make decisions about what games you want to buy. You can just try stuff out. Yeah, so I purchased the the expansion card, which gives you one terabyte of storage. And the great thing about this this little device is that it's expensive, right? Because I paid 270 euros for this little expansion card. The thing is, it was done by Seagate in collaboration with Microsoft. And so because of this, you know, it, it's, a, it's an accessory specifically made for the Xbox architecture. If you install games on this expansion card, you still retain access to all of the features that we mentioned so far. So 4K, HDR, high frame rates, and quick resume. Now, quick resume, I had a tweet a few days ago. Um, when it works, it's absolutely incredible. This was my first real next-gen moment a few days ago. You, you're playing a video game and then you want to switch to another. Like I was playing Geometry, what's it called? Geometry Wars, uh, which is also another backward compatible game. Man, you are really digging through that catalog, huh? <laughs> oh man, like I don't know how much money I've spent. <laughs> I'm, I'm buying all the games. No, seriously, I'm loving this console. Um, and just, you can switch between Halo and and another game that supports quick resume and it takes like 10 seconds yeah. and you're taken right back in the middle of the game as if you pause the game not like oh here's the main menu again and then you need to continue no you're actually taken back to the to the exact moment where you hit pause and this is possible because of this architecture that Microsoft did and this uh, caching system that they have and when it works it's fantastic the problem is Microsoft is not doing a great job communicating how Quick Resume works or which games support it. Uh, there was an article on Kotaku yesterday uh, basically talking about these problems and how it's kind of weird because games that supported uh, Quick Resume at launch now don't support it anymore. Like Assassin's Creed Valhalla supported Quick Resume, now it's gone. So I Why? think Microsoft needs to do... I don't know. Uh, Microsoft said... Uh, a few weeks ago that at launch, not all games may be ready with Quick Resume support, but then it's kind of weird because some were ready and now they're not anymore. So I don't know what they're doing. They need to clean this up and they need to communicate this better. Uh, anyway, yeah, I've been playing lots of Halo. This game is fantastic. It's, look, I'm not a, you guys know me, I'm not a huge first-person shooter, you know, kind of gamer myself. But this game, like it is, is has that kind of quality that it instantly clicks the controls and the flow of the game. How you know 
the how the the waves of enemies come and go and how you just feel within five minutes you feel like you already know the game in a good way not that mm. it's boring mm -hmm. you feel like when you lose you know why you lost you know why they killed you and it's just so addictive and like the story is fascinating actually there's a there's a lot of lore going on in the in the halo story and This may sound like I just lost my mind because everybody knows this. Halo came out 20 years ago. But look, I never had an Xbox back in the day. And I'm now rediscovering this on the Series S. It looks fantastic on my 4K TV, even though it's not 4K. It's 1080p and it's fine. I got a bunch of questions for people saying, oh, does it look blurry? No, it does not. It looks absolutely fine. And yeah, so lots of Halo, lots of Dirt 5. And I've been essentially downloading a bunch of stuff everything that seems remotely interesting from the marketplace, especially for emulation. And so I am sad that I don't have a PS5. I'm absolutely happy with the Series S. And I am now, I've now reached the point where the thought of should I, uh, should I actually get a Series X instead? It has crossed my mind. Uh, but I feel like for now I'm fine. I don't think you should do that. Exactly. For now, I'm fine with the Series S because I really want to wait for the PlayStation 5. That's why I think you shouldn't do it. Based on what you guys, I believe, are going to discuss, and based on my personal taste, I stand by my original theory that the PS5 is going to be my main next-gen console. However, I want to say I, uh, I have been positively surprised by the Series S, and I'm, I'm actually loving it a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, my time with the with the Series S has been much more limited because um, I had it for a few days before my PlayStation came. Um, and the, the Xbox, its home was always intended to be at my out-of-home studio, um, which uh, I'm not visiting at the moment. So when the PlayStation arrived, I hooked the PlayStation up and then, you know, the Xbox is, is now awaiting its, its next uh, resting place. Shahid, do you have anything that you wanted to add specifically about the Series S before we start telling Federico about how good the PlayStation is? <laughs> no, I think, um, well, what it sounds to me like is that Federico is trying to make himself feel better about not having a PS5 <laughs> by raking through 20 years of catalogue. Yeah, and spending the money <laughs> I mean, he would have spent on the PS5 on yes. external storage to support a feature that kind of works um, and kind of doesn't work. I, I know that sounds really withering, but believe me, if what has happened to Federico had happened to me, I would be spinning exactly the same story right now. I'm not because feeling a sorry. <laughs> I think he's trying to suggest that you're deluded at the moment. <laughs> yes, I'm pulling happening. your leg, my friend. I'm pulling your leg. No, seriously. Um, if I'd had that much time on the series, yes, I think I'm in your situation, Mike, in that I got the PS5 uh, very shortly after getting the S and therefore did not spend as much time. And I have to say, mainly because the PS5 was so enchanting. We'll come back to that. But as for the Series S, I've really enjoyed it. You know, I, I didn't think there was going to be a dud console. You know, it, it, there is one thing I wished that Microsoft would do is combine uh, xCloud and Game Pass. Yes. So yes. that I don't have to download the games. I can just start playing them 
and then they download if I want them downloaded. Like In, I can yeah. on different on different devices stream all these games. So mm. I don't know why I have to press download and wait for it to download 80 gigabytes of Forza before I can um, start playing Forza. I'll be honest with you. In my initial state of ignorance, I thought Game Pass and, X- and xCloud were the same. <laughs> no, they are, Federico. <laughs> they well, are the are same. Are they? So xCloud is actually a thing that doesn't exist anymore. It's all now a part of Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah, that's what I'm paying for. Yeah, so you have this. You could do this on other devices if you wanted ah, to. You could do the game streaming on stuff. On other devices. So okay. I don't understand why they don't enable the streaming on the Xbox consoles as well. Like, I don't know why that isn't a thing that you can do. But, but anyway, Shahid, was, I, I cut you off there. I apologize. No, no, not at all. It's um, a fascinating discussion around content, the nature of content, when it assumes significance for us what we attach importance to. We've covered a lot of that because we've been over so many generations now. I remember playing the original Dirt, playing it on the the very first PlayStation and absolutely loving it. So Federico talking about how good Dirt 5 is makes me want to play it again. Yeah, I'm into that. It's just fantastic how how this 20-year journey um, is still going, not just for Mm -hmm. Dirt, but for so many other game franchises, good ones as well. I think Halo lost... Uh, dare I say it, it's Halo um, some time ago. But nevertheless, the original was a masterpiece. And I'd love to see what it's like. I have actually got it queued up to download. And um, that's something I'll I'll have another look at. But, you know, really, I want to play the more modern stuff because I, I know that that entire area has evolved so much. Here, I tell you what, the interesting thing was, and I suspect this will happen to other people too, I saw, I first saw the metadata, you know, the images, videos, and so on for Call of Duty uh, Black Ops Cold War on the Series S. And I was that close, because this is before I got the PS5, I was that close to hitting buy, because, I, you know, it's my, my kind of game. And I thought, then I won't be able to play it on the PS5, and it'll be better on the PS5. Yeah. Now I know had I been an Xbox Series X buyer, yep. two thoughts would have occurred to me. First would have been, yeah, it will look probably as good on the X, maybe even slightly better. Who knows? Depends on how they implemented it, right? But all my friends are on PS5. Mm. So that pull would come back again, and that would still cause me to go back. So for me, the S is a device for exclusives and for catalog. And you know what? It's such a good device that that's absolutely fine. It's it's not a put down at all. I'm very happy going through the catalog. And also at the price. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that, that price it, it it really is a a great addition to a lot of gamers, I think. And I'm sure that that answers why Microsoft saw I think they said their their best sales for a launch of ever. Um, yeah. Which, that you doesn't know, surprise me. It's not a I, surprise. I bet loads of PS5 folks ordered a Series S as well out of curiosity. Yeah. I know several people who've done that. They're like, why not? You know? In for a penny and for a pound. Right? <laughs> um, so, Federico, I'm going to mm. 
I'm going to tell you a thing now that you've already heard a million times and the same as everybody else listening to the show. Mm-hmm. You mentioned quick resume was your like, oh, this is my next gen moment. Yeah. The next gen moment is the dual, is the dual sense. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the PlayStation 5 controller is a kind of jump which is bigger than this looks better because every console generation looks better than the one that it replaces. And also, as you know, we all know this, ev- the first games in every generation do not look as good as they could because they are typically also being produced for the older consoles and the developers yet do not have the complete handle on how to get every ounce of performance out of the consoles. Now, the games that I have played, so the game like Spider-Man would be the best uh, example, I think, so far, although I do want to try Dirt 5 now too. But Spider-Man is absolutely stunningly beautiful. In-game and cutscenes, like, really just fantastic. I don't think I've ever played a game where the in-game and cutscene look is so close. Mm. Like it, it really feels to me the closest of like the quality of the, the visuals in-game and the cutscene visuals. They are very, very close together. Like really it feels like the main difference is just the movement of characters is different, right? It's more fluid in the cutscenes because everything's happening as it should be. It's directed. But the controller so from a basic perspective, for me, the controller is much more comfortable to hold because uh, it's kind of chunkier um, than the DualShock controller, which I've, I have for a few yeah. years preferred the shape of the Xbox controller and the Switch controller because it's chunkier and I've, I've kind of grown uh, uh, less favorable of the, 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 the like thinner design, if you know what I mean, of the DualShock. Mm. But I think Same. to... To put all of the technology that they put into the DualSense, they kind of had to make it bigger, and they've done that. Now, it is heavy compared to a typical game controller, similarly, because it's full of motors and servos, which is not normal. Um, But what that enables, though, is next level. Like everybody has the first same experience, which is you you start playing Astro's Playroom, and it starts doing stuff to the controller, right? Like, oh, my controller's filling up with sand. It's like, but it feels like it. It's, they have done a, you know, Astro's Playroom is a game everyone should play because it's super fun. Uh, it is a tech demo, but it's also a very, very good one. Um, you, know, like it, you know, for everybody that enjoyed playing the VR version, this is as good, super fun game. I want to play more of it than I have, but I just kind of dipped into it and played a bit while I was waiting for Spider-Man to download. And it's just very fun, but it does a fantastic job of like, you know, again, I'm telling you what you've heard already. When you're walking on grass, it feels like you're walking on grass. And when you're walking on metal, it feels like you're walking on metal. I do not know how they're doing this. Like the, the, the haptics are very, 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 very good. I did read somewhere that, Sony are using the technology from the same company that Nintendo is for uh, HD Rumble, which I found interesting. Um, but I can understand it because when HD Rumble was implemented good in like the one game that I played that it was implemented in well, which was 1-2 Switch, it did feel good. But, you know, I think with the additional size 
of the PlayStation controller, you can do more with it. Um, and of course, you know, again, the adaptive triggers are fantastic. I am really pleased that there are uh, levels of uh, feedback. So I was able to bring it down a level. So I still feel the resistance, but I don't feel like I'm fighting against the controller so much. So, mm. you know, Spider-Man has some support for this. And what I do like about Spider-Man is you pull down the trigger, right, to to swing. And when the uh, web breaks, the resistance is released. So you feel the web break. It's very clever. And... I've heard, I actually want to also at some point try the new Grand Theft Auto game because I have heard that the triggers, the adaptive trigger stuff in that is very, very, very good. And I could imagine that for a shooter game. I I don't know this, but I would really like to be able to feel a, a machine gun, right? Like it rattling mm. on me. That's what I want it to do. I don't know if it does that. I need to try it. But yes, I am here to tell you everything you've heard about the controller is true. It is superb and it is the next gen thing because it's i think quite surprising how good it is it has surprised me where i expected the games to look good hmm. what do you think about the controller shade everything you said is definitely the differentiator it is for me the most profound way to increase the quality of the connection between the player and the game. It's the only because, connection we have, right? Yeah, but you're, you're absolutely right. But the thing is that the, the fundamental quality of that connection hasn't really changed an awful lot in 20 years. Mm -mm. And I feel that this is the first time it really has. I think that, well, the, the Switch was definitely a step, but it was more about variety and utility yeah. than it was about the quality of the experience. I think Sony looked at like Oculus because the Oculus controllers, they are a bigger jump in making me feel connected to the game. And like the stuff that they do around like having sensors in the buttons. So you have like hands off the buttons and hands engaging the buttons and the controller understanding that makes it feel like you are connected to it so you know i i could imagine that they may have looked at some of the vr stuff and been like okay there there are ways that we can enhance the controller and what its capabilities are to enhance the connection to the game it's funny isn't it you get you get these little improvements stage mm -hmm. by stage stage by stage you get high definition rumble you get resistive triggers you get better audio, you get a better microphone. And after a while, there is this quantum jump in the experience. It's hard to explain, but when it's put together as well as being put together, certainly in Astro's Playroom, which is an absolute marvel, it's the closest thing to a toy that PlayStation has ever produced in the digital realm. And for me, it rivals anything that Nintendo have done and that's 99% down to the controller. And that's very, very hard to get right. I mean, it's become an output device in its own right. Because mm. think about it. You're outputting a waveform to the uh, HD rumble. You're outputting a waveform of audio. And you're outputting resistance values for the triggers. 
as well as all of the input. It's profound. And until you feel it and start to interact with it, it, yeah, I remember the other day I was first time I played with it and me and my son were passing the controller backwards and forwards. And, you know, we weren't going to each other, oh, this feels great. What we were doing was a bit more interesting. We were saying, this is amazing mm -hmm. because the whole experience coalesced into something really remarkable. Never felt anything like that before. The closest, you're absolutely right You to, um, to point at Oculus because the combination of spatial orientation of your hands in the world and the feeling that although there was not really any resistance, the feeling that your fingers were either hovering above, lightly touching or pressing a button, gave you a, a degree of control that was unprecedented at the time. I just think that with the addition of all of these high resolution, high definition aspects to the dual sense, that we've crossed some kinds of controller Rubicon. It's really impressive. Now, I wanted to just touch back on uh, Astro's Playroom again, just because there was something in playing that game that I realized, and this isn't really so much about the PlayStation, just me. So one of the, the things that the game has a lot of is nostalgia moments. So the little characters are acting out scenes from popular PlayStation titles. And I see a lot of people talking about this as like, oh, so nostalgic. Like, it makes me feel so good to see this stuff. And I realize I'm kind of cold to it. So, like, I see these things. Sometimes I don't know what they're referencing. And sometimes I see something, be like, oh, this stuff may cry or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's Uncharted. That's funny. But I realize I have no warm nostalgia to it. So it has made me realize my nostalgic gaming feelings are wholly reserved for Nintendo. That's where my nostalgia lies. And I don't know if it's like maybe if I was a couple of years younger, I would consider like myself as a PlayStation guy, but I've always considered myself as a Nintendo guy because that's what I started on and Nintendo's been around always for me. But like I just feel like the like quote unquote characters mm. of PlayStation do not mm. they don't exist to me as like, you know, there isn't like Mario, right? Or like, you know, we don't have Zelda, like we don't have Metroid, like these are like characters that i get but like i don't feel that way about like oh there's nathan drake i love him or like you know mm. like there's crash bandicoot like they don't get me and i'm look uh, this is not i'm not saying that like if you feel this way you're wrong like, that's just your nostalgia but it's just funny to me it's like i have owned and played games from every generation of playstation but i have realized i have no nostalgia for PlayStation's Hall of Characters. And I found you know, that to be really weird. You know, I absolutely agree with you. And you know what it is for me? I feel like PlayStation's characters, mascots, they are too cool for nostalgia. Oh, that's interesting. That's very like, interesting. Not like Mario and Yoshi and Zelda, they have this cartoon-like quality to them mm -hmm. that they you you instantly associate with the childhood memory, right? Mm -hmm. Nathan Drake, can you imagine the guy being emotional over you know something <laughs> that happened 20 years ago? No, the guy doesn't care. The guy wants to steal all those things from years ago. Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Uh, I agree with you. Like when, whenever they've done, like there used to be like like a fighting game that they've done years ago with all the Sony All Stars something, I think. Hmm. Like Sony wanted to do their own Super Smash Brothers, and it, I had the same reaction to that. Like, yeah, I don't really have PlayStation nostalgia. It doesn't really feel like. And I'm sure this is because we were born in a different era, right? We we grew up with the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo 64 and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that that's also something that I feel. I do feel that you're right in that sense, though. That like the 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 cast of characters are warmer and fuzzier, allowing mm. for. So like, I'm looking at this PlayStation All Stars game here, and the covers oh, it, got it, it like it was a thing, right? Yeah, Kratos. Sackboy, <laughs> Sly Raccoon, Nathan Drake, Sly and Ratchet Raccoon. and Clank. And it's kind of like, I mean, Ratchet and Clank, maybe. Maybe. I could feel maybe. some, but like not Sackboy. And, but I feel like Sackboy, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Shahid, is kind of like Sony's closest attempt at trying to have a, like, this is our Mario. I don't think so. No, no. I, I think the phenomenon that you're experiencing is very real and very accurate, and you haven't missed a trick at all. And you shouldn't feel in the least bit guilty or bad or frustrated that you don't have the same affinity for PlayStation, because the way I see Nintendo is they're like a Disney, right? Yes. They will have that place in your heart. Mm-hmm. PlayStation isn't like that. PlayStation isn't about developing a relationship with its characters. Mm-hmm. It's about developing a relationship with technology, with experience, and with the future. It's always been about cool. It's always been about the cutting edge. It's always been about the slightly risque. If you think about Nintendo as a preteen, then you think about PlayStation as a late teen. Mm. And let's face it, late teens have absolutely nothing to do with nostalgia. And preteens, very much about nostalgia. And if you look back, that's what Nintendo do. Nintendo have always drawn upon the heritage of their characters while slowly, carefully, magically evolving the experience around those characters. But it's always around the characters. Whereas PlayStation has discarded characters and created characters in search of better and better experiences. Yeah, yeah. It's a very different approach. They let go a lot more. And and also I think the embracing of cross-party waters down the characters because Mm. it gets to a point where like, with Sony and uh, Microsoft, I think it's easy for me to forget which characters outside of one or two are not are not on both, right? So, like, I see, like, Kratos, right, God of War. I don't necessarily... Like, I, I know that it's PlayStation only, but I could easily forget because that's the type of game I could assume to see everywhere, right? So, or, like, I just mentioned Sly Raccoon. I did until I saw Sly Raccoon on the PlayStation All Stars thing. I didn't know that Sly Raccoon was a PlayStation game only, you know. So I think that there is there is much more back and forth. You know, like Sony will really heavily promote Call of Duty. You know, of trying to make it look like Call of Duty is a Sony game. They will try and do that as much as they can, and so will Microsoft. So it kind of messes with my brain as to what is on one and what is not on the other. But with Nintendo. 
you 100% know because they put all of their marketing time into their characters. But hey, also we have some other stuff, you know? Anyway, moving back, um, I wanted to talk about something which is a frustration for me with the new generation, which is having to choose to whether I want things to look the most beautiful or highest frame rate. So Spider-Man does this. It looks like from, I just looked at the the Dirt website for Dirt 5 is the same. You can, with Spider-Man, you can choose, do you want to play at 30 frames per second, but have higher fidelity and ray tracing? Or do you want to play at 60 frames per second? So everything feels smoother, but you lose some of the visual fidelity. Now, you can choose, and they, uh, what I like is you can change it in-game. So if you decide you want to change from performance mode to fidelity mode, you do that, and it restarts you from your last checkpoint. And that's good because you know if I'm doing a mission where I'm going to be moving around a lot, I want to see it in um, performance mode because it looks incredible to be... 60 frames per second flying through New York, right? Or if I'm going to be in a mission where I'm down on the streets and walking around as miles, I want to play that in fidelity mode because that's where it's most beautiful. But what I really want is high resolution, ray tracing, and high frame rate. That's what I want. I don't know if this is going to be possible. Maybe. I when, you know What I was saying earlier about developers need to understand how to use these consoles properly. Maybe as time goes on through this generation, you won't have to make so many of those decisions. But I will say I was a little bit surprised to find out that, like, for example, on the Dirt 5 page, it says uh, 120 frames per second option. Right? So I'm probably going down to 1080 or something at 120 frames. And I don't know. I just kind of feel like I want these machines to be capable of all of it at once and not making me decide. I think that will come. I hope so. I really do hope so. I I hope that this is the teething problems of trying to understand how to use the hardware because there is kind of a feeling where it's like, surely, surely Microsoft and Sony must have known that this is what people would want. Of course. That's how they marketed the hardware. Yeah, so I mean, I've got to assume, I do assume, and you can probably tell me if I'm right, Shahid, that the hardware is capable of it. It's just going to take time for developers to be able to make games that can do it all. I don't know if games will do it all, all of the time, but they will choose the appropriate style at the appropriate time. They'll make the right compromises in real time. Yes, and that would work for me. Like the style you're playing, Spider-Man, right? Yeah, Spider-Man should should do it for me. You're already making those decisions. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want it to do, but it doesn't. I have to choose. And it's like, you know, I feel like that there are, there is a very clear option as to which I want at a given time, depending on the mm. type of action, right? And the fact that I have to go in and change it, I'm welcome to have the change and to be able to change it from the pause menu of the game. But I don't want to have to make that decision at all. I, I, I want to get the best experience for right now you know i want adaptive frame rates in these games that's what i want them to do I, I just want to remind you of the quality of launch titles on ps4 and xbox one 
Yeah. Compared to the quality of this. Yeah, yeah. Against all odds, right? There are there <laughs> it's are It's incredible. Yeah, it's it, incredible it's unbelievable. they launched anything at all, right? I mean, both companies, hats off to have launched anything. And without the pandemic, there would be way more. Yeah. Right? As well, which is interesting to think about. Yeah. Have I missed anything for the PlayStation for you, Shane? No. I wanted to make a point about how I, I can't remember who said this, but somebody said that Xbox is like Netflix and PlayStation is like the cinema. But I don't think that's how it is at all. I think the PlayStation is more like Netflix and Xbox is like Amazon Prime Video. The PlayStation is just slicker. It's more pleasant. It's more responsive, better UI. You get the sense that the quality of content is uniformly high. And with the Xbox, you get the sense that, yeah, there's an awful lot of stuff, perhaps some of it of variable quality. The UI is not always as clear, a bit more fiddly. You do get the idea that there's a huge volume of content, but it's hard to find and hard to nail down what's what and in which category. I mean, I found very few games that were excess enhanced specifically. And I just felt that everything I was doing or looking at on PlayStation was of good quality and that I would actually want to play that. I found I was having to sift more. Now, don't get me wrong. I think there's excellent content choices on both. And I'm sure I'm going to find great games to play on both. But people don't say Amazon Prime Video and chill. They say Netflix and chill. And I suspect that's what I'll be doing more of. <laughs> 